Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, Podcast 150. Nothing special for the 150, much like there was nothing special for 100 or 50 or any of the other times. Maybe someday I will have a something special on the special ones. It's pouring rain today, so I'm not recording in the park like I normally do. I am at a mall in an underground parking garage. There's some kind of generator off in the background. So if you hear odd vibration-y generator noise or splashy rain noise from the cars going by or whatever, that would be why. Hopefully it won't be too bad. This time I talk about the new Thief game. And I talk about the early access alpha for Space Base DF9. And in the last bit, I ramble very briefly about my replacement, replacement, replacement mouse, the G700S. And that's all I have for this time. Enjoy the show! is now out for PC, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. I don't have access to the internet down here in this garage. My signal is, like, dead. So I can't verify the exact dates. But I believe the first Thief launched around 2000. And the last Thief game, Thief 3, was probably about 10 years ago, I would say. So it's been quite a while since we've seen a Thief game, and this newest Thief is basically a restart of the original series, although as I'll discuss a little bit later, there are nods to the original, and in terms of the timeline, Garrett isn't quite in the same place he was at the start of the original Thief, so I'm not quite sure exactly what kind of spin they're putting on, you know, Garrett's story and where they're going from in terms of you know, relation to the original timeline. For people who have never played the Thief series, Thief basically started the entire, what some call, first-person sneaking genre, where stealth and not being detected and certainly not getting into combat is the main focus of the game. Your character is underpowered compared to the other characters, and more often than not, if you get into combat, you're pretty much dead. I've been playing the game through that way. I haven't tested if that's still the case with this newest version, but I'm guessing it would be. There's a training set of missions, which are basically regular levels, which is kind of surprising. Usually training is, you know, very obviously training in a special area. Very few games make training like an actual mission, which is a nice change. During the first maybe 5 to 10 minutes of that training section, Garrett has sort of a companion character, but she kills a guard during their sneaking around, and Garrett gets kind of upset. He explains, you know, that's not what they do. He doesn't kill without reason, and she shouldn't kill without reason either. 
And I actually love this because this is a really great way to sort of introduce new players to the character of Garrett. Explain, you know, his stance on killing and, you know, being a thief as opposed to a murderer. Yet it does sort of leave it open to interpretation by the player, you know, if they actually want to follow Garrett's original, you know, stance on killing or if they want to turn themselves into some kind of crazy killer version of Garrett. The environments seem to offer multiple paths to get to your goal thing. There are several goals during each mission. And to my surprise, being what I would consider a master thief, I played the previous games at high or the highest settings. I set this one to the highest setting when I started. It seems like in the two report screens I've gotten so far, I've only rated at about 50% of the loot found. So I'm quite surprised because that kind of implies there's a lot more depth than I was expecting and that they are maybe hiding stuff in areas that even experienced thief players might not know quite to look or where to check and that there will be sort of a learning curve to the new thief game as there was in previous thief games. As implied in that discussion between Garrett and his companion, there are several different ways to complete each mission. When you get the report screen sort of breaks out the different actions that you did and shows you sort of a pie chart of the different styles. And it is saying there's basically three different styles of play in this game. The one I rate at most often is called an opportunist, which the game describes as somebody using the environment to their advantage, moving through shadow and going into different areas of the environment for cover. There's also ghost, which I'm sure is probably even more evasive and less disturbing, I guess, to the environment. Because I'll tend to open doors and close doors, and every now and then I'll knock out a guard. Usually with Ghost, it's kind of implied that you don't disturb anything. And the last option is Predator, which I'm guessing is probably somebody that knocks out a lot of guards and doesn't really take a lot of time to consider the environment. You know, they just go for the straightest path there is. But that's just a guess on my part based on the name. But the game does seem to have options and it does seem to rate you on those different options. I don't think there's a penalty or reward for one particular style over the other. But it does give you this cool, you know, sort of rating and check and balance, I guess, versus how you want to play compared to what the game thinks you're actually doing. So if you're trying to play in a specific style, I guess you can compare to the stats and and see how you're doing. While I've only played about an hour so far, I would say that this is very definitely the continuation slash restart of the Thief series that I've been waiting for. All of the old school elements seem to have been retained, such as light and shadow, open areas of the city where you travel through, conversations in the background, randomized movement, and more. Additionally, though, there are new school elements added in. In some of the early missions when you're outside, there's a lot of rain happening and there's lightning. And so whenever the lightning happens, you know, it lights up the whole area. You might be in shadow, but if you're in an area that, you know, is open to the sky, you know, a brief flash of light might disturb that shadow you're hiding in. There's also animals which might sense you or hear you and give away your position to the humans. And there might be other things like broken glass on the ground will create noise. Or there might be unstable floors that you can fall through and make a loud crashing noise. So there's a lot of new stuff they've added in, which I think works very well with the old school feel and style of the original Thief series. 
There are, however, a few things with the new game that do kind of bug me. The most obvious new thing is this new mechanic of the focus. And the focus can do various things, and it sort of drains down as you activate it. Its base thing is that it slows down time. I've never actually used it for that. But as you sort of level up, there isn't actually a leveling or experience system, but it does give you points. And these points can be used, sort of combined with the focus. Like the thing that I got allows me to steal multiple things. Like if a person has two pouches, I can steal both pouches at the same time while focus is activated. Personally, I'd have preferred just a flat talent system where you just add it and then it's kind of a passive thing that happens. But I guess it's okay that they built this focus mechanic because that does sort of limit the special ability use. I mean, if I could do, you know, that double pouch pickpocketing all the time, you know, it might be overpowered in some areas. Whereas other areas, you know, it might be, you know, okay to use it. So that kind of, you know, forces me to pick, you know, when I want to really do it or, you know, do I want to save the focus and, and use it later. So I guess it's okay. One thing that might be particularly jarring to newer players is that there's a lot of cutscenes, and while you can skip them, they are kind of disturbing, you know, in terms of immersion. Also, there's a new 3D puzzle mechanic. There's a new 3D sort of jumping puzzle mechanic where you have to go up or down or, you know, to the side, and that goes into a third-person mode. And I think both of those sort of pull you out of the immersion because they're both, you know, third-person things. So you're spending, you know, a lot of time in the game in first person, and all of a sudden you're in a cutscene, or all of a sudden you're in a jumping puzzle, and you pop out of your body. And so, you know, you're looking at Garrett in third person, and it just seems a little bit weird. I would have preferred there not to be the sort of jumping puzzles, because of the time I've played, they've been so short. I mean, you're talking about a few seconds here and there. It's not even really worth putting them in. I mean, just put, you know, a rope thing there and climb up the rope instead. That would have made me a lot happier. And I get why they put in the cutscenes, because in the original Thief games, Garrett would often get, you know, a, a piece of information, or he'd go into a discussion with somebody, and it would sort of have this, well, it, it was a cutscene, but it was sort of a, I guess you could say, 2D animated comic style instead of, you know, the in-game rendered cutscenes they have in this version. So I suppose, you know, they were still there in the original game. But I don't know, in the original games, you know, that 2D animated style seemed less immersion-breaking. You know, in this one, it's like, here I am, you know, seeing through the eyes of Garrett, and here I am looking at Garrett. Seems a little bit more immersion-breaking, I guess. Also, the character design choices on Garrett do make sense for the world that he's in. But after so much time with the original Garrett, this new 80s thin emo version with a different voice is going to take quite a bit of getting used to. And also, the choice to put him in skin-tight leather just doesn't really seem to make sense compared to the original series where he had sort of cottonish, you know, I wouldn't say bulky, but, you know, just average clothing, you know, which sort of disguised his shape. Because as a thief... You know, you don't want your shape to stand out as a human. You don't want to be easily distinguishable. You want to have that kind of disguise of, you know, a, a not easily 
recognized as human shape, you know, something that's a little bit put off by the clothing he's wearing. So that seemed a little bit odd to me. And the last thing, which I know probably a lot of people won't care about, but it seems like a really, really big deal to me, is that in this version, there's a lot of real-world swearing. And in the original games, they had sort of made-up words, and the swearing was kind of limited, and, you know, they always used those made-up words. And that version, you know, really kind of created this world of Thief. You know, here's here's the world, you see it, you can read, you know, various stuff that people left around. You hear it in the stories that Garrett tells. You hear it in the conversations around you. And it really immersed you in this world. With the new version and the real world swearing, I don't know, again, combined with that other stuff, it really kind of breaks the immersion that here is this, you know, world we're presenting to you, which is not the real world. It seems, you know, more like they're trying to mishmash the two together, which, I don't know, I, I just don't like it. You know, like I said, it's probably not a big deal to most people. But to me, you know, I really like, you know, my fantasy game worlds to be very different. If I'm playing a realistic modern shooter or something, sure, swear it up, go crazy. But if I'm playing something, you know, fantasy or science fiction, I don't want to hear, you know, real world swearing stuff. Make up words, you know, do something different. Make that world, you know, feel unique. All of that being said, though, there are a few nods to the original series. Very early in the game, I've heard reference to the Shale Bridge fires, and the Shale Bridge Cradle was one of the most well-known levels in, I believe it was Thief 3, which was a haunted asylum. So there's already noticeable mention to the original. And I think a lot of the locations that I've heard mentioned, and a lot of the places I've been traveling, are also ones that seem familiar. I haven't bothered to confirm if they actually were or not, you know, in previous games. But they all sound like, you know, locations, for the most part, which I am familiar with. So I do believe there are tie-ins there as well. And as I mentioned at the start, I did notice in some of the cutscenes, Garrett does have the different eye colors. So he does have his sort of steampunk eye. I haven't been told how to use it yet. So I don't know if they're just kind of leaving that for later, or if it you know, comes up in the game pretty quickly. But again, you know, it seems like they're not quite starting, you know, where Thief started. Because in the original game, I don't think he got that until it was either like the very end of the first game or the second game. But he started out with, you know, two regular eyes and they were the same color. And then he, you know, loses one and he gets a sort of steampunk eye that can do cool stuff. And that has, you know, a different color pupil. But it's already in this one and they don't explain it. At least, not yet. Like I said, I've only barely played maybe an hour or two. So, hopefully they'll explain it and, you know, allow me to do the cool things with it. My final review and score for it, although, you know, I've only played like an hour, so it probably should be taken with a grain of salt. From what I've seen, most people tend to be giving it around 75%. However, I would say if you were a fan of the original series, this is an absolute must-purchase. I would give it, again, so far with a limited amount of playtime, 5 out of 5 stars, or maybe 90 to 95%. And again, you know, I haven't read any of these reviews, but it looks like they're kind of disagreeing with my opinion of it. I don't know. I usually leave things like this that I know I want to play, you know, to read the reviews after I've played through it. 
So maybe I'll do a, like a second look later on. But I would say if you're like me and you've been waiting for this restart slash continuation of the series, you absolutely want to pick it up. At the very least, you know, go to Redbox and rent it, you know, if you are getting it on console. But so far, I like it quite a bit. So another sort of base-building game is called Space Base DF9. It is by Double Fine, out for Steam on PC. I'm not sure if it's coming to other platforms. This is an early release alpha. If you pre-purchase the game, you get access. I'm not sure how far off it is in terms of development, but it seems pretty solid, so I thought I would talk about it. Space Base DF9 is basically one of those base building games where you build the base and then the people go do the stuff and you don't have direct control over the people. Basically what you'll do is you'll make a room and then you'll assign certain people certain jobs. So, you know, if you only have the one room, that's obviously where they're going to go to do their job. But, you know, they'll walk around, they'll get tired, they'll talk to other people, take breaks, go get food, go to rooms that have beds, go to sleep, that sort of thing. And it's sort of your job to ensure that everybody has a job and is being productive and that, you know, the base is getting bigger and doing more things. And, you know, you got to keep an eye on all the people, make sure they're all happy and everything is going smoothly. Not everything is in yet. It is still early access alpha. Like a lot of your people would get really, really sad and there's no way to make them happy. There doesn't seem to really be any amusement stuff. And that's usually something that will come up with the unhappy people. They want amusement and they want rest. And it's like, there's just a TV. And that's really the only thing they can do for amusement. And I've never actually seen them sit and watch the TV. So I'm assuming that's all going to come in later. There also isn't a whole lot of bad stuff that can happen yet. There's raiders which will come in. Usually just one or two raiders will come in and they'll be like, Oh, we're going to try and take over your base. And you just send some people over there and then they'll shoot it out and you'll be fine. There's meteor swarms which can come and bust up parts of your base. You gotta watch out for that. And you gotta be super careful. Because if, you know, the floor or walls get punctured, then, you know, it'll vent atmosphere. So that can be real bad real fast if it's in a a major location. Because the doors will, you know, lock and not let anybody through. So if nobody has a way through, you know, you can get stuck and... They'll just run out of air and I'll die. I have seen like two aliens come aboard my station for like no reason. It's like, hey, hey, there's some kind of alien eating up my people. What's going on? So that's pretty cool. I think more stuff will be added later on. I know the reactor stuff hasn't been added yet. There's a reactor room, but you can't actually put any stuff in it. And I checked out the notes and they're like, yeah, we're going to add the reactor later and you're going to have to power all your stuff. So it's definitely, you know, still a work in progress. But right now, it's kind of like a really cool old school thing. 
Because there's no directions, there's no tutorial, it's just start the game, bam, you're in the game. And you have to, you know, figure everything out. So it's actually kind of better, in a way, for this kind of game. Because, you know, a lot of the fun with the base building sim kind of game is, you know, figuring out what works and, you know, why it works. But if you are into that kind of game, you might want to check it out. I believe it was 25 bucks for just the game. Or you could pay 29 and get the soundtrack. Again, what you'll get access to currently is sort of an early alpha, so not all of the game is in yet. And there's only like one song, so you don't get a soundtrack yet. You know, that'll come when it's released. And I'm not sure on release, but I think it's planned for later this year, so could be a few months. I will keep people updated on that. And as more stuff goes in, I'll probably, you know, give a look back at it. And if you're into that kind of game, you might want to pick it up and hopefully have some fun with it. So just toss out some random quick thoughts about my replacement, replacement, replacement mouse, the Logitech G700S. First, people are probably wondering why I call it the replacement, replacement, replacement mouse. Back in the day, when my sad homeless life started, I had a G500, and that died maybe, like I think, I think a year and a half after I got it. So I said to Logitech, hey, my mouse button is going kind of crazy, it's like, five clicking when I try to click or I try to highlight something and it just goes and I like you know highlights and unhighlights repeatedly so this button's going kind of crazy I need a new one can I send it for RMA and they said yeah sure so they replaced that one and then again like you know that exact same time period like a year and a half later that replacement mouse started having the same issues so I said hey can I send in this other mouse that's having the same kind of issues? They said, yeah, sure. So they sent me a second replacement G500. And then that one started having the same kind of button issues after, you know, another year. So I said, hey, this second replacement mouse is having the same issues as the replacement mouse as the first mouse. Can I get another mouse? And they said, yes, but... We don't make the G500 anymore. Now we have the G500S. So I'm like, well, how much will that cost me to get that? And they're like, nothing. It's free because you're still under warranty. So I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, sure. So they sent me that one. But I actually didn't like the G500S. It's almost exactly the same thing as the G500. But the buttons were really resistant. So they took quite a bit more force to push and this whole design they've got going of pretty much all their mice except for the really low cost ones I think about $40 or less they have this really big slant towards the right I guess you could say the right mouse button you know the height off of the ground is much lower than the left mouse click which kind of makes sense you know especially for right-handed people your your hand kind of curves that way 
But because the buttons were much higher resistance than before, I found myself trying to right-click a lot, and probably 75% of the time it would either not click because I wasn't pressing hard enough, or it would click and then sort of push the mouse slightly. So I was pressing hard enough, but the mouse was pushing out from under me, so it wasn't quite pressing because, you know, resisting. So I decided, you know, I could spend a really long time retraining my brain, or I could try and get a different mouse and see if it would be better. Even though the design is basically the same with the G700S, I decided to take a chance, and I really, really like this one. It's got the same soft clicking as the original G500. The buttons are not super resistant. It has buttons on the side of the mouse, which a couple of them are super resistant, but a couple of them are, you know, the same resistance as the old G500. So that's very cool. And the really nice thing about the G700S is that it's cordless or corded. So, you know, my sad homeless life, I got to go around with my laptop on these little tiny desks a lot of times where, you know, having the cords, it just kind of crashes into the mouse. So if I choose, I can run it cordless, which I'll probably do a lot of the time. But also you can plug in the USB to mini USB plug, and the mini USB plug goes into the mouse, and it's got a rechargeable battery in there. So if you use it, you know, as a standard wired mouse, it will recharge, you know, the battery that's in there. And of course, being a standard battery size, If it does run out, you know, you can just swap it to a regular battery, you know, for the short term. Although I think it would be very damaging to the battery if you plugged it in and it tried to charge a regular battery. So uh, definitely don't do that. I would still prefer it if the mouse buttons were closer to the same height. I guess in all of my research on this as to, you know, why that G500S was slipping on the right is that there's sort of different designs in terms of grips. You know, your hand can have supposedly three different kinds of grip on the mouse. And so some designs work for some grips. And basically the short version is there's a claw grip, which you have your hand kind of, I guess, in sort of a a half fist. It's like if you put your hand out just straight and your fingers curl quite a bit, and you tend to just poke down on the mouse buttons, you know, like a straight poking action. That would be more of a claw grip. There's a fingertip grip, which is your hand is sort of more flat, and you'll sort of pinch the mouse with your fingers and move it around like that, short of short distances. And then there's a palm grip, which is you kind of pinch it with the palm of your hand and you move it around with your palm instead of your fingers. Usually those are the kind of people you see moving their mouse like six inches at a time. They're like, like all over the place. That's kind of a palm grip. I think I am probably about 50-50 claw grip and fingertip grip. So for me, you know, I move my mouse just a little bit at a time, like half an inch, like I said. And I'll usually do it by pinching sort of with my thumb and I guess my third finger. Sort of carry the mouse like that and then use my index finger and my middle finger for mouse clicking. So I would prefer, you know, the, the mouse buttons be more even. Like I said, this one still has the right mouse button quite a bit lower than the main mouse clicker. But it is very easy to click. has very soft and sensitive buttons to click. So it's pretty easy. Very quick to click. I like it quite a bit. 
it's a little bit heavy in terms of, you know, a mouse that has no weights in it at all. Because it does have the battery and, you know, the sending stuff or sending the wireless signal. So it's a little bit heavier if you're not into that. But I really like the fact that I can have it, you know, corded or wireless. That's particularly important for me right now. And I think other people, you know, who are gamers who get bothered by the cord might want to consider that as well. So if you're looking for a new mouse, you might want to check out the Logitech G700S. Check out the reviews, see if the shape looks good. And hopefully you'll have better mousing because of it. So there's some new news this time. South Park's Stick of Truth for PC, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360 is due out March 4th, which will be the Tuesday after this podcast releases. It actually looks really good. I'm not a huge South Park fan. I've seen maybe 20% of all the episodes. So if you're into that, you probably want to pick it up. I would be really hesitant to pay more than 20 to 25 bucks though. And it's listing at, you know, the regular 50 to 60 buck launch price. So I probably won't be picking it up for a while. But if you're into South Park, you might want to check that out. Looks like a lot of fun. 300 Rise of an Empire, which I guess continues basically where 300 left off with sort of a backstory, I guess, of the main bad guy comes out March 7th. I'll probably go check that out and talk about that on next podcast. I liked 300 quite a bit. Dark Souls 2 for PC, PS3, and Xbox 360 is due out on March 11th. I never played Dark Souls 1, but there's a lot of people talking about it. I'm considering getting Dark Souls 2, but having never played the first one and Titanfall coming out that same day, you know, I'll probably wait a bit and, you know, wait for the price to go down a little bit, see what reviewers say about it and stuff. And maybe I'll pick it up later. Looks interesting. Not sure if it's my kind of game or not, though. And Titanfall is due out on March 11th for PC, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. And that's it for the news. Well, I was 21... It was a very good year. It was a very good year for city girls who lived up the stair with perfumed hair that came undone when I was 21. So that's it for this week's Rabbit Scramblings. Not really anything going on in my life besides what I talked about. Got some cool new games. That's lots of fun. Oh, no Pirates Treasure. Again, obviously, because I didn't say it. Otherwise, you would have heard the Pirates, obviously. But pretty much outside of the stuff I mentioned in the news, there's not much going on for me. 
things are still very sad and not looking like they're going to change. Oh, uh, the awesome connection at work, which I'm at Monday and Thursdays and sometimes Sundays. Not Fridays because I'm at a different location. But the wireless there apparently got turned off on accident last time. So the coach said he'd try and leave it on for me on weekends and vacations. So I should have really stable, awesome connection on those nights. So it does look like I can look forward to that for playing my online games on my PC. Or, you know, eventually when I get into PlayStation stuff, I could probably play online with my PlayStation as well. Though really I'm just kind of holding out for Destiny on PlayStation. So that's not even going to come up in beta until summer. And he said they're going to be taking the school apart. So if it is connected to sort of a main office control point for the network, you know, it'd obviously be taken down in summer for that. So I may or may not have access in the summer. We'll see. It's still about two and a half months from now. So I always hold out hope and, you know, maybe I'll have a home by then and not have to worry about this stuff. But so far, none of that looks like it's going to change at all. So I guess we'll see in time. But hopefully everybody out there is having a good time and doesn't have the terrible worries I have. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. And then the last bit, I ramble very briefly. Garrett has sort of a companion character. And again, I'm not sure if she's a tie-in to a character that actually appeared in the last Thief game. Since we don't have any kind of actual timeline, I don't know if it's really important, and I might just delete this part. My final review and score for it, although, you know, I've only played like an hour, so it probably should be taken with a grain of salt does differ quite a bit from a ooh There also isn't a lot. I think more stuff will be added later on. Like, I know the reactor stuff hasn't be, be uh, 300, rise and General Quarters, Security Condition 3. GQ, Security 3, sir. General Quarters 3, intruder alert. GQ 3, intruder alert. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash ramblings dot html when you type rabbits ramblings don't use the space if you would like to send me an email you can do so at rabbit at rabbit dot com if you like my page you can also post on facebook at rabbit dot com you can follow me on youtube at rabbit dot com be sure to put the number one in place of i anytime you type rabbit Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2014 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.